Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of the rainbow. Not only are topics like philosophy, spirituality, knowledge of self, difficult things to learn in and of itself, it's an entirely different challenge to be able to speak on these topics with clarity, not to mention with grace and humility to boot. Today's guest, Akai Solo, does just that. Something I told Akai in this conversation, and what bears repeating, is that an idea sounds simple when it is presented in his music. He's just that special. Akai also has a very fresh and raw rap style that is reminiscent of Vortal Mega. And that's not my words. That's actually the words of Backwoods head honcho, Billy Woods himself. And on the topic of Backwoods, this artist Akai joins the growing list of amazing artists dropping their best projects to date on this label as Akai has just recently released the beautiful Spirit Roaming just a couple of weeks ago. It is one of the absolute best projects of the year, period. This conversation was as insightful as you'd expect when an artist like Akai is involved. I'm very excited to share this with you. Enjoy. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. Akai Solo, how are you doing today? I am doing all right. Another day to attempt the thing. Yeah, man, you see what's going on. I'm talking from beyond the, the shadow of my form. My face is, is, is hardly illuminated, but my spirit is bright. Ha! Love it. Love it. Like Hodgman, walking past Danny's iron words, walking. A lady, not a bitch. The proof was embedded in the Judas while we hustled. The best plants are hush and mush. It's imperative or must. When they hear you squirrel, yo, they finna rush you. No one can save you. When karma touching you, get the main fan of the flame out the van, man's wanna worry How has the reception felt for this new album? How have you been able to take all this in? Yeah, I feel like a dickhead, cause like I mean it's it's hum it's great. Um, it's humbling and I appreciate it. But as far as like like the specific answer to your question, like how am I taking it? It's like I'm not really taking it it's just like i'm not i don't i don't really feel anything like it's kind of just like i don't know I like like i was saying before like i sat with this work for so long and i have this uh this really bad habit of not being able to like celebrate my victories because i'm constantly thinking about the next move i have to make on the board is like i don't feel anything like i don't feel mm-hmm. like i didn't do a good job but i don't feel like i need to pat myself on the back but I don't ever really feel like I need to pat myself on the back. So like, that's a problem or that's a condition of mine that predates this project. Um, Okay. Interesting. So it was just like, yeah, it's not like I'm sitting in a corner brooding. Like when the shit came out, like it was like, it came out. Like I always exhale. 
I prioritize that first. When something comes out, I exhale. And yeah, after that's like, like I, I give into like my ego and like my first world uh, conditioning and like I'll refresh my social medias real quick just to make sure that the shit is circulating. But after yeah. I confirm that circulation, like I put my phone down, I'll like play Overwatch or something or I'll like roll up. Like I, I silently sit with myself and like do a thing that acknowledges that we just like overcame another hurdle or we, we checked off another um, mission on the cue board. But yeah. uh, other than that, it's just like nothing really. I don't, like I just be chilling. I'm like I'm already thinking about the next project. I'll be trying to not say that though because I'll be feeling like, like damn man, you know, let us catch up and it's just <laughs> fire, man. And it's just like yeah, it could be fire, and I could go work on more fire. Like I don't know. Um, I will definitely not fault you for working on more music. I selfishly would love to hear more. So, um, okay, I want to get into your lyrics because that's obviously one of like the most special qualities of your music. I feel like on one hand it's worldly in a way that like it speaks on topics that you know apply to a lot of people it's very like sometimes it's historical base philosophical base etc and you can like zoom in to the micro details of thing but you can things but you can also be very descriptive about complex things that are very like high level i feel like you're able to kind of balance those two things really uniquely and like an idea in your music if i could say it this way it it sounds simple when I hear it come from your mouth in your music. And I mean that in like the highest of compliments. Um, and I feel like there's just a lot of depth. So I just want to get into how you approach writing. Like, is it a very spur of the moment process where you kind of just like write whatever comes to mind? Or is it a lot more methodical where you're like really mapping out the intention of a given track and then make lyrics to meet that goal? Uh, I guess the simplest answer, but then is it's both. Um, I don't really, re I don't, uh, limit myself to one school of thought as far as how I'm going to approach getting the thing out. Like sometimes like I'll just capture it and it'll just be like a stream and I'll, and I'll, I'm there. So I catch everything. And sometimes like I wake up with an intentional thing that I want to talk about. It'll be a word, it'll be an entire idea. It'll be like a, a actual thing in my life that I want to try and frame words to convey. And then I'll, it'll go from there. Sometimes I don't have the verse until I hear the beat. And sometimes I have tons of songs before I ever heard the beat. Like it's like, I have the verse and I'm like, where's the beat that's hmm. perfect for this thing. And sometimes I hear the beat in my head and it becomes a thing where it's like, damn, I wish I was like talented enough to like make it on Ableton myself with like 100% uh, efficiency. And then other times, so yeah, so it'll become a thing like in that regard, uh, bless. I'll like, um, like I'll make a voice note or something of the melody mm. or of the loop or something, and I'll pass it off to one of my way more talented producer homies. So like, like I'll do like I've done that to Roper like like maybe three times. Like I you do some. you do mean like you'll do like a reference track but for a beat? Yeah. Wow. Is that a thing that other artists do? I've never heard of that. I've heard know. it for like the, the like a hook or something or like the songwriting part, but not from the beat. That's pretty cool. Uh yeah. I mean, I feel like other my other rapper producer peers are just more talented, so they'll just go make the beat. <laughs> No, mm. everybody skips that phase because they're just like, yo, I'm gonna just open up Ableton. 
fuck you, nigga. I'm just like, <laughs> hi, well, ah. so I do that shit, and I pass the voice note off to Roper, and I think Roper did it once. I don't think I rapped on it yet, but he's like, I I shared that idea with him, and he was very open to it. So he was like, yo, man, if you ever like have a reference for something, like definitely send it to me, because like, you no, know, he'll like find the sample that is close to like the the melody I was humming, mm. or he'll already have like a thing he was working on already chopped up. And then it's like, he'll probably try to make a loop that's close to the, the loop that I was making. Right. And we'll meet up halfway from there. But um, yeah, it's generally how it goes. So it's like, it's, I don't, especially as of like the process of spirit roaming, like the process I went through to get through spirit roaming and where I'm at mentally, it's like the thing that I'm trying to do that I'm trying to get more comfortable with doing is not, really forcing so it's kind of like um it's this fucking eastern philosophy shit that i was it's like the i forget what the actual term is called but like what it translates to roughly is like the art of like non-doing of not trying and it's like basically how i would like so so as soon as you have an impulse as soon as a thought flies through your brain or it comes across you naturally you're present in that moment and you seize it you, you, you get the and you get the data that you need from it. You do whatever you need to do to get your task accomplished. And then as soon as it passes you, you stop. As soon as it feels like it has to be effortless. So mm-hmm. as soon as you feel like you're exuding effort, as soon as like that last bar doesn't come and like you, you got to like run it back a couple of times, you have now wandered into the realm of effort. Stop. Go do something else. Go take a walk. Read a book. Take a nap do some push-ups. call somebody, like get back to living your life and then wait for that next wave to come, but always be ready for that wave. Always be ready for that stimuli. And like, I kind of, I was like, I've been fucking with that. Like for like the, the like, yeah, for the good second half of like spirit roaming, uh, I did that for chunks of body feeling. And mm-hmm. I've kind of been approaching that with my writing process in general. So it's like before, like in, in contrast, what I used to do is like, yeah, I kept myself open to all of those avenues always, but I would put a lot more focus on like trying to feel like I had to meet a quota. Like I had to get up and I had to dedicate like 45 minutes to try and write some fire ass verse. And then it's yeah. like, if I didn't write the verse, I was a failure. And it was like, so I tried to move away from that thinking and like let that beam or whatever hit my synapses on its own accord and not search for it. Cause I know it's there yeah. it's in the environment. I just have to leave myself susceptible to it. And I just redirected that energy that I would put into trying to force something into like the other parts of my life that I feel like are waning, like living it. And mm. once I did that, it was kind of like, and I, and I developed that and I arrived at that point because halfway through like i mean it happens like every couple months like i like like the 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 curse of like my approach to my work is like i like empty my vessel so like i will make one million rap songs and then eventually have no rap song to make and then i'm like peter parker and spider-man 2 and no webs are coming out and then I get into this whole big existential crisis about whether I reach the ends of my vocational prowess and I'm a fraud and I suck ass. And I stopped doing that. 
And I just realized like, if I don't have anything to say about my life, I probably need to go live my life. Or maybe I need to change the perspective in which I'm standing yeah. in the room, assess my life from a different point. So I started focusing on that. Instead of worrying about what I couldn't do at any point, I, I, I flipped it. I redirected my energy to what can I do at every moment? If I can't do this, all right, there's something else I could do. Um, I just do that. And it, and it, it worked itself out. Um, yeah, I'm still here. Uh, the last couple of songs that I've been making, like I've made like that, like they came to me and like I was present and I grabbed it and I sat, I grounded myself in that moment, got it out and it's cool. And it's not like I've completely sealed off the, the potential or the capacity to like set an intention and sit down and be like, all right, I'm going to do this for an hour. But it's just like, I don't, I don't set myself up to think that I need to do that. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, like it's, it's a mental device. It's like, as soon as you feel like a, it feels like a chore, I feel like you're, you're doing the stance wrong. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that you're saying here. That's really related to that philosophy that you referenced kind of when you began going on this tangent from like a lot of Eastern philosophers. Um, I know uh, one, one person who I really respect that um, is from India. I don't know. You may, you probably would know if anything, because you're way more kind of literate in these areas, but his name is uh, Jiddu Krishnamurti. Have you yes. heard of him? I, yeah. I read one of his books. I, like a group of those niggas came to my college. A group of those people came to my college when I was still in college. And they were getting, this lady was giving out the books. And the, yeah. book felt, the cover felt really nice. And like, it was weighty. So like, I grabbed it. And I Do was you know what the book was called? Um, bro, nah. But I, he has, I can, I'm going to find it like, like off record of this and I'll definitely get back to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because the one, I've read a couple and they're not really, they were made after his passing, but they were basically like a collection of either lectures. speeches, yeah, lectures, journal entries, but they were all, I think they were very nicely curated to where like it, it had a theme. And the one that particularly I loved was On Fear. That's like one of his most famous ones, uh, at least in that kind of like series. And anyways, that that I read that book, I think maybe seven, six years ago. And I swear it's like, the most influential thing I've ever read. And I bring it up because what you're saying here is interesting about like how you're making music and how you're trying to change your approach in a way. Because when I read that, one thing that he actually directly says in the book a few times is that like music and like art in a lot of ways is used as a form of indulgence where like it kind of like is a thing that exists where like consuming it is like in the world of thoughts and thinking. And it's, basically in a way in direct conflict like being present is in direct conflict with art and music in 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 a certain perspective and i noticed that personally because like i multiple times in my life have had to actively stop listening to music because it was kind of like a way for me to just get kind of cope with my normal life and just get lost in thought kind of daydream because I just didn't want to be present and just sit down and do nothing. Like I just needed to be stimulated. And, but, but what you're saying is that it actually, music can actually help you be grounded and be present. Like that's something that it allows you to do. Yeah. I kind of use each of those moments, those waves as checkpoints. So it's kind of like whatever I'm doing, I was preparing the entire time for that wave. So now mm-hmm. once, once that reaction happens, consequently, 
I just left a like a timestamp on like where I'm at in the universe right now. And it's just like where I'm at, what can I provide? What can I do? Do I have any intentions or any desires to start to do anything? And then after I give myself that entire like diagnostic, I get back to the task. The nice. sword. Yeah. Okay. So on the other day, uh on the other the other day on Twitter, an app that I do personally hope exists by the time this interview drops. Um, it, uh, someone hit me up and asked what your music is comparable to. And I pretty much responded saying like, nothing really came to mind as like a true comp. I, uh, that's basically what I said, but then Woods chimed in and said, Virgil mega. That's what he, that's what he said was the comp. And he said that actually a few times when I, when I look back and I can definitely see where he was going with that in how thoughtful your raps are and how raw the style, just like from a flow perspective specifically really feels between you two but in your from your perspective like how would you characterize your your writing style kind of like my music my style is like the bridge between madness and a spark in the sense where constantly for as long as i can remember and for every time i do this i have to take myself to like a precipice of sorts to be able to do anything substantial to me and it's kind of like i didn't know that it was gonna take what it takes for me to do it because i thought i would be a completely different type of artist but it's like like i wouldn't quite say it's symbiotic but maybe i guess at least from a spiritual context it might be that because i i feel i find myself feeling very um dissatisfied and drained if I don't feel like I took an appropriate dive and I didn't really like come back with anything worthwhile mm-hmm. yeah like I like sometimes I could say it's like like a word I always use is heavy my like my my shit is heavy like yeah. whether you yeah. want to talk about it from like a, a literary standpoint as far as like the, the little idiosyncrasies and like and techniques that I use to put into my actual writing or talking about the, the content or talking about uh, the way all of that is conveyed. It's like, there's always a weight with my shit. And it's like, I, I don't know, kind of like, I feel like that's the weight of, a, of untethered honesty. Um, and that's another thing. That's another thing that I would use to describe my shit, like recklessly honest. Uh, like my, for, for better or for worse, I'm not really good at lying there's no cap in my raps so it's kind of like i can't rap about something unless i like did it or thought about it or saw it or like was there or if i knew the person like i could write the the fantastical like uh minecraft uh corkscrew backflip rap with the with the with the quantum plasma gun and make all the noises and do all that but i feel but sometimes it feels a little hollow if Mm -hmm. i don't have any actual real personal stake in that so if, if it's it's way easier for me to do all of that shit when I can find a reason for me to be doing it. So it's like, so anything derivative, so it's like if it's not grounded in my truth, the second thing it has to be is fun for me. And it's like once one of those or both of those things are satisfied, I'm all in. Yeah. I think you do. I think that's definitely true because like whenever your music is a little less on the heavy side in the sense of, it's touching on something very, I don't know, meaningful or thoughtful or, or deep. I hate that word, but you know what I mean? Uh, right. A lot. There's a lot of fun. There's a lot of humor 
and you have some like like the uh so what's that like uh there's enough to the toilet paper inventory that part yeah, on spirit yeah. Roman. it's like yeah, right. i've never it's heard anybody so rap like that it's just so funny yeah right because it's just like imagine a scenario like that it's like it know. is it makes perfect sense it makes right. perfect sense it's just a it's just a hilarious way to frame uh the the point you were making and you know going to the truth that you said like if it's not like rooted in your truth you said something really interesting in a interview a couple of years ago with dj booth uh and the quote from you was the movement is the movement is going to be sparked and maintained by the steps we take so the best thing i can do is sharpen my entire soul everything i stand for make sure it's correct make sure the things i put in my music are the things i want to fuel so what would you say are these things that you stand for and want to fuel through your music oh uh well, first of all, good job on going that far back and pulling up. Like, I, I like it, I could have said some wild shit and you would have had me in 4K. <laughs> uh, uh, but I get the things that I stand for is just like, well, honesty, uh, integrity, uh, resolve, like this, like, uh, unfathomable, like, unbreakable will. I feel like will is like a, a conceptual, like, a superpower and like the framing of like the development of like a species at least our species at large like it's kind of like um like 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 up there with space and time and lights like i would put something like resolution like you need like you need drive and like uh determination to embark on any endeavor that you do i like mean you needed resolute you needed to be resolved to to pursue your podcast and see every episode through and have the drive to want to like think of questions and just like facilitate this thing. Like is the day that you wake up unmotivated, nothing gets recorded that day. Like a mother needs drive to like mm -hmm. sustain herself and, and her children. It's like, it's like, I can, I can put that fundamental block before any pivotal action in history. And it's kind of just like that. That's why that's the spark that I feel like my shit is comprised of. Like I like, I feel like you know, a universal driver is felt across the board. Like it doesn't matter if I throw in an anime bar, eight bars in. Like as like as long as I can encompass that feeling, that like that fuel, mm -hmm. that power source, it's just like that will be felt. And it's just like whether you like anime, whether you're like a, a major league gamer, whether you're a D1 athlete, whether you have a blue collar job. Whether you have a white collar job, you need resolve. You need will to navigate any of your plans. And so that shit became really big for me once I realized that. And I was like, okay, if I'm gonna stand for something with this music, I would want it to be that. Like I don't, I'm not really pressed of being like super overly political. And mm -hmm. like even the thing with like I got like I have morals and shit, but like I'm not I don't I'm not like a boy scout in the sense of like I get really, really caught up on like good and bad because I know how much those things blur. But I know that yeah. I feel like something like will supersedes even those two things because you need will to investigate either of them. You need, mm -hmm. you need to have some sort of like determination or like impetus to try and like be a good or bad person. Like a person that doesn't have any drive to do either of those things, but just be a passenger. Um, so honesty, integrity, will, 
and but yeah, and and madness specifically, just because I feel like madness is also a thing that everyone is capable of falling victim to. But at the same time, it's like it's one of those depths that has a lot that can be gleaned from it if you navigate safely. And like I always think about like Nietzsche as like an example of a person that didn't navigate safely enough, but mm. he he gleaned a lot before he lost his mind. So it's kind of like not saying that I'm like carrying on the baton and I'm like setting myself to a timer to lose my mind, but I just feel like, all right, here, here's an example in history of like someone investigating this field or this like territory. And we could have spent more time here. And um, I guess I'm taking up that task just because I feel like uh, sanity is, is a mad relative anyway and, mm -hmm. and boring. So I feel like it's way more interesting. Like, and I investigate madness but like, like you, like madness is um can be approached through like extreme exhaustion, but also like uh, an excess of a uh, passion. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like both of those things. I feel like, in my opinion, it's in my opinion, those are the two things that were involved in the cocktail that sent Nietzsche over the bridge. First, there's a passion in like the investigation of the schools of thought. And like he was like investigating like a religion and talking about how that shit didn't really serve anybody. And then like the confines and structures of one's mind and that there's a passion about that because he was a fucking like he was a researcher. That was his thing. But it's then, also like an extreme awareness, too, because like when you're doing all that research, like you get exposed to things that sometimes can just be so overwhelming. Like, yes, like you just it's like it's kind of like akin to just being like peeking on some drugs and you're just like so stimulated you're like oh my god i don't know what to do with all of this thinking all these thoughts or all these ideas that are coming to me it's it can be too much right madness is kind of like akin to constantly increasing the weight on on, on the the bar or whatever and you're you're not quite sure how much you can take and sometimes you mismeasure your uh your one rep max and you you buckle mm -hmm. but sometimes you surprise yourself and you're a bit more enduring than you thought. And now you're chilling here with this insurmountable weight on your shoulders and you haven't crashed. So now it's time to gather data. Like what's going on while you're still at these depths before mm -hmm. like the fucking like pressure thing starts going crazy and the submarine has to start going back up. Like let's start taking photos. Let's start looking around. Let's start having a dialogue. And really as much as I don't care about um, good and bad, I do want the, I do want my, I do want to embody a certain type of kindness. And although I don't really represent that in a linear sense, cause I'm a dickhead, I don't really feel like people are kind enough to each other. And I want my music to kind of be a beacon to remind people to like care for each other a bit more like maybe you can draw you'll you'll draw that relationship call your mother call your mother tell her you love yeah and it's just or even like if you you equate that to the the care that i put into my work and you want to reciprocate that with real people more power to you but mm -hmm. I, I want people to walk away better than i was when i start a process i always feel like i leave a process or, or it's my goal to, to leave a process better than how I started it. 
So like anybody that comes into like tap in with a live show or sit with my work, please be a little bit better. Yeah. That's a good that's a good way of looking at it. Check. Y'all ain't about nothing like a triple K, me in the vast space. Niggas ain't stole the future stench, gave the whole shit away. Y'all the egregious business, so showing face like asses, throwing gauge like shade. No halting, no faltering. Under rain, I done skated through. I arrive off a prodigal tip, thorough. Niggas don't know what to do, that's not important on a social tip. Before we get into this new, new album, I want to rewind just to 2021 to talk about your collab with Navy Blue True Sky. I love this album so much. You two are both some of my absolute favorite artists. And like when you guys dropped that uh, collaboration, I was like, oh, it's got to work. Like I just could already see the the connections and the chemistry. But once I actually heard it, it was even better than I expected. What made you gravitate towards working with Navy Blue? and what is it about his artistry that drew you in? I like his beats. Um, yeah, it really, it, it's, it sucks. Like, I don't be having uh, this crazy um, Pythagorean theorem, uh, dry erase board plot. It's kind of like, uh, with me, it's always press play. Do I like what I hear? Do I think I can rap on it? And if I pass those two tests in my brain, I just get to it. Uh, Navy's the homie. He lives in the area. So it wasn't a big inconvenience for me to like link him. And then I always feel like a really important thing that I need before I do anything collaborative with anybody is like, I have to feel like we're actually friends. Mm. Um, so I gotta like hang out with you. I'm not really good at uh, pulling up and clocking in and like, all right, Aki Solo, I heard you do a lot of rapidy <laughs> rap. Let me try and knock out nine rapidy raps today. And like I might let you down because it's like I'm not really good at doing things when like I'm told. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like I'm the last minute like kicking the window type of guy. Well, it so, goes back to how you said you approach your like your writing, right? Like it's your that kind of would be pretty contradictory if that's how you somehow were. Right. Yeah. So it, it was it was really like easy. Like we would just chill. He would go through his laptop. I would hear something. I would stop him when I thought I heard something cool. And then some days I'd pull up and he would have something that he was thinking about. He was thinking of me and then we'll meet halfway there. But it was like, it wasn't anything complex. Like, it, like it was very smooth. Like it was as the process was as free as the project sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Like it really does sound like you guys were already kind of already on the same wavelength. So it's just like, let's just make music. Cause it's like, we already kind of, it already just seemed like it all fell into place. Like his, his kind of vibe when like as a rapper, but also as a producer is very much in line with like what you do. I feel like it's very, it's very thoughtful. It's very, there's just, there's a kind of a consciousness about spirituality and like the way that manifested musically, it was just a lot of space. There's a lot of atmosphere and there's a lot of like really pretty, like beauty, uh, beautiful moments um a lot of grand orchestral stuff and like horns on that album that i really loved um and and there's some nice drums too that was something like that i really took from that like damn he really pulled through nah his drums go crazy i was like 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 when he when i first heard the beats uh uh world's end i was like bro yeah no doubt too (laughs) yeah i was like what's going on i'm gonna rap with all these beats thanks bro yeah 
Okay, let's let's get into Spirit Roman. I think this album is brilliant. I do think it's like your finest work yet. It's got everything I wanted, you know, thoughtful lyricism, amazing, amazing production, and a real sense of purpose. And there's a lot of meaty ideas on this album, but one that comes through in the skit on For A Few really, really resonated with me. And it, and it kind of reminds me of that point you made earlier about Will. Um, and the person speaking in the skit is talking about adopting a mindset where you don't necessarily have this belief that, you know, my success is inevitable, but instead simply commit to doing the steps you set out to do to reach your desired goal, regardless of how you feel about it. And I was like, wow, that's like, that's so everything. Like, I feel like I live like that a lot. Um, I don't necessarily have this crazy belief in myself, but I just try to stay committed to doing what I think will get me closest to my goals. Um, so have you believed, like, do you have that kind of mindset? Like, have you believed your success is just inevitable coming soon? Or have you, like this guy, uh, instead focused on just doing what you need to do, even if you realistically didn't have high hopes for your career, let's say? Uh, yeah, I definitely lean towards the latter. Um, it's weird with me just because in order to stay afloat and not be consumed by like insecurity and anything like that, especially in such a egotistical field, such as like rapping, like mm -hmm. the braggadocio that comes with that culture, I have to reserve a sliver of belief in myself and like my innate skill set. But as far as like a belief in like an entitlement to success or like I got it in the bag, it's like I have none of that. Like all I have is the awareness of how much work I put into this point. Like I'm not here because I'm popular. I didn't make it to this point because I'm like super cute because I like have mob ties. I'm related to someone. So is my cousin, like every single thing that I've gotten up until this point, for the most part, I got it off of like my two hands. I had to, when it was time for me to rap, I rapped and it wasn't shitty enough. And I kind of kept that going. I like put my ideas on wax. I like shared my most, I share my most vulnerable parts with the world. And I just leave it at that. I don't ever expect that I'm supposed to get something because I'm this honest. Uh, it's just all I know how to do. So it's like, yeah. And I like, when I found that clip, it was like a nice little silent, like pat on the back. Cause it made me feel like I wasn't psychotic for not, like, it just goes like for, for, for thinking like that. Cause it just kind of goes back to like at the beginning of this, like you had asked me like how I was feeling about the project. And I was just yeah. like, you don't have a feeling. Cause it's just like, I'm not here for that part. It's like, um, yeah, like I feel like I always feel most alive in movement in the middle of the thing, like while I'm recording, like while I'm performing, while I'm writing, like I don't really care about the the release party. I don't really care about the the thousands of like uh, reassuring comments. I appreciate them. Mm -hmm. I always reserve appreciation, but like I'd be lying if I said like kept me up at night or like I had like a quote I was trying to meet. Like I don't. So it's just like, yeah. And as far as like, yeah, I guess I've kind of like when I was younger, like I cared about like I guess like satisfaction or like uh acknowledgement, like it maybe at least in like the the eyes of like my closer friends, mm -hmm. like moderate like growing pain type of thing. Like you're growing up, you want to feel moderately accepted. Um, and like with my parents and stuff, but like as I got older and like 
cemented myself and who I am, I definitely realized I was a person that did not care about any of that. And it's just like, it's just way more, um, to me, it's more rewarding. Like it goes back to that present, that presence and that, that grounding in the present that we were talking about. And I just feel like those two things go hand in hand. It's like, I have no time yeah. to about like praise because I'm, I'm here. I'm, I still have something to look at. I don't have any reason to turn my head yet. So just focused. Well, that's a great mindset to have. Cause yeah, I agree And this, especially not only just music, but in rap specifically, that's a mindset that's going to allow you to, you know, no matter what happens, feel satisfied, feel content because no matter what happens, if your next five albums completely flop, but you feel like you did what you needed to do, kind of like approach them, the songs and the making of it as you want to, then you'll have that and that can't be taken away. So that's, yeah, I uh, feel like it's really important. Like with anything that we do as people, like we have to be able to be cool with it first. And it's like, as long as I can go to sleep and feel like I did the thing, that's straight. Mm -hmm. and Everything is a bonus. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Another kind of really a cool thing that I've always noticed about your music, but it was really punctuated by this latest album was like, for example, you have on Mob Psycho 100, you have these really sick bars where you say um, the real victims are the cause and the score, yo, the operation is usually doomed as soon as it ceased being inclusive. And I think this was a really great example of how you often say things that are, you know, potentially radical or progressive in a very eloquent and non buzzwordy kind of way, which I feel like is in stark contrast with a lot of thinking um, that comes from the same realm of like, I guess, politics or spirituality that you probably ascribe to, because I find it's often very, I don't know, like overly academic, a bit inaccessible, in my opinion, use a lot of big words in a way that I just feel like is sometimes even elitist. And given the kind of lyrics you have in your music, like, do you ever actively consider the idea of making sure you're being plain spoken to a degree or just generally trying not to alienate people? Uh, it's something that I've definitely put effort into, of course, funny enough, like later on, like at first I didn't care, but then I would just like, I would play stuff for like my friends. And like, I have a really close friend who like, I, I like, I, I bounce a lot of my stuff off of her mm -hmm. and she would be one of the first people to tell me like, sometimes like, she doesn't get what I'm saying. So like, I'll use her as like a reference point for like the general public. Cause I don't think that I represent the general public. I'm a, I'm out, I'm an outsider. So I use her and I like sometimes, like every time I write my verses, like I always have like alternate paths for how I'll do a line. So like I'll end a bar with, uh, with sever and then I'll backslash lacerate backslash cut. I'll have like five different ways. Of That's still so cool. Yeah. So I'll have all of those options, exhaust all of the paths that I can take. And then I'll pick the one that's like, that complements the flow the best that I feel like will sit on people's minds better is more accessible because like I've, I'm aware of like a critique that I've gotten of my music is that it can be inaccessible because I do alienate sometimes, like whether it be someone having qualms with my word choice 
or whether it be like the anime references and then you can't catch them because you didn't watch anime or something like that, like whatever it may be, or like you're not familiar with this school of thought that I'm referencing. So now I'm just lyrical, miracle, schmiracle. So to challenge myself, like, like, like I first started that intention with 11th win. Like, like I break down all of the things that I investigate with my vocation and I call them sword stances. I treat each type of thing like a stance. So 11th wind to me is my simplest sword. It's the simplest stance. It's like me not trying to compromise any of the complexity of what I'm talking about, but to convey it in the simplest way that I can. And I like, I did that with 11th wind. I realized I could do that. And I like put that sword on my belt. And now I like mix and match and like combine different things. And like I'll mm-hmm. produce different swords from the, from the fusion of it's the fusion of those other swords but to answer your question plainly yeah like i've i've given myself like that prompt and that challenge to like not leave people on venus but then sometimes it just like like i tell you like when the thing comes and it writes itself and i'm in the moment like i don't stop that yeah yeah happens that's what it is this like track eight is gonna be track eight and if it's a deep cut and no one gets it it'll just become that but like I, I, I try, I challenge myself to see if like, can I do that? Like to make something like tainted even on 11th win, like, like I'll challenge myself to like do hooks or like bring the verse back around to the hook. Cause it's like left to my own devices. I'll just write 2000 bars mm-hmm. on a crazy ass three, four weird loop. And I'll be like, this is fire. I, I don't know. Nothing on earth sounds like this. I'm the goat. And then nobody knows what it is. And it's that. So I have, I leave space for to be torn to be um, guided to all those spaces. So, I yeah. think I think you do a good job of like kind of striking a good balance, like of being authentically to your kind of personal idiosyncrasies and all that, while also not being I find all that alienating at all. I think that's something that you do. I think a lot of artists on kind of like the backwoods uh, ecosystem grip, like. I feel like you guys do a great job of kind of, at least for me, my sense, I feel like you guys come off like you have a, a humility or a fallibility. So it's like, I don't really take it as you're talking down or like trying to sound elitist or trying to sound smarter than me, you know? And like, I know I'm not even really that sensitive to that, but I know a lot of people are like a lot of people are, as we kind of see just in like politics, how things go. So I think that's really important. Um, and so like props to you for kind of like finding that balance. Um, and so like given the, the kind of subject matter in the lyrics, some of the skits, I feel like there's a lot of purpose, like a lot of, like a, a real direction that you're wanting to take this album. So like, what would you say was the key inspiration that um, drove the creation of Spirit Ronin? Uh, Musashi. Um I was like reading when I first had the idea for the product, I had just finished reading Vagabond, which is this manga by this dude named Takehiko Inoue. And Vagabond is basically like he he read like Musashi wrote like two books before he died. And and then there's like an autobiography or whatever, like a, of a telling of his life. So Takehiko ingests all these things and then he makes like a sort of like retelling or an interpretation of it of 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 musashi's life and then he like makes as a manga so Mm. the shit is like the artwork is breathtaking 
the dialogue is 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 potent and it's like he he really did his research so it's like he's quoting like it's the book of five rings and the the dokodo with the which is the the way the the way of the path of walking alone or like the the path of aloneness is what it translates to or whatever but he quotes those two books like a good couple of times as musashi's life progresses and like the the, the manga is fire because it follows it's his life so you follow him from like when he's really little and like his dad is like a like a soldier or some shit. So like that's where he gets his like fighting spirit and his like uh his propensity to like combat and shit. But he's like shunned from his pop. So he like he starts off being really impulsive and brash. And then like he picks up the sword, starts smoking people, takes his first L and starts being humbled by the world around him. Then you like you there's this like monk that had like an impact on him. I'm not sure if that monk actually existed or if that monk was like a metaphor for mm. like the uh, the spiritual practices that 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 he um, fell in love with because Musashi's like a is like becomes like a Zen Buddhist and all that shit like throughout his thing he picks up like carpentry so the whole thing about the thing about vagabond it just demonstrates the like the multi dimensionality of of this guy and I I found a lot of parallels. Um, so, I mean, I find parallels between myself and life and manga in general. So it's like, it's all about how profound and how heavy can that emphasis get with a specific work that I'm sitting with. And it'd be like, I'll stand, I stand by, I stand by anime and manga the way the rest of my culture stands by Italians and mafia movies. Like, <laughs> I didn't watch a lot of those movies. I knew that's where you were going to go. I already like, that was like, yeah, bro. <laughs> All, I got homies out the ass, man. Pablo Machiavelli, like Ju- Judas Montana. That's not your <laughs> name. But I was on Facebook, something Hayabusa. So it's just like I, I, we, we both got, we had those, we were able to have that intimate moment with a different medium. Mm-hmm. And so I had it with that. And uh, I read Vagabond and made me go read the Book of Five Rings and made me go listen to a bunch of like audio books of like his life and like Zen Buddhist audio books. I read the Dokodo. I think I have the PDF in my Google drive and like the Dokodo is like a print is like 21 precepts or like principles that like Musashi thought that you should frame your life around. And like, I, I quoted one of the lines in um, the Fader interview. It was one of my favorite is a uh, think lightly of yourself and deeply of the world. So I feel like, that's great that right there was that was it so there's another one where he's like um don't make a fuss about like like what you like food like 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 consumption and like preservation is the goal so like the the, the meat from that is like it's not become like a finicky or fickle person and like get caught up in like uh excess of choice like do what you need to do eat this food because you need nutrients and you need to die. Like, like it doesn't need to be the greatest thing ever. Like, like if a bowl of rice is still a bowl of rice. Be grateful yeah. for that bowl of rice and, and eat it. Don't turn down a bowl of rice because you want shrimp tempura and there's no shrimp tempura. So, um, yeah. So it's just, it was, it started with, um, with Vagabond and that was the driving force. That's even the cover is um based off of a, a page from the manga. A guy oh, gave okay. it the, the homie lefty as a reference and I told him to put his flair on it. 
and then he reimagined that image and whatever it did in his brain he made the cover it's like the white part is a sword no oh, okay i see it now i see and it like now. the original yeah. the original page was like um he was practicing a stance and i think he was like cutting water so this black thing is supposed to be like water and then the person like the the, the streets on the top of the head was like his hair and then the purple is just like the the aura or like the wind or whatever and it was just like yeah but it was definitely musashi yeah that's that's very cool and i i think what you said earlier about like um like how like will and like like a unshakable will like when you're talking about what your kind of your music represents i feel like even though i don't like I don't really get into anime much at all. And I definitely didn't get into, I also don't even like in those like Italian mafia movies either. I haven't watched any of them. I don't think I feel like what your music is like a great example of is that like, I don't feel like I need to necessarily have watched the anime. I'm sure like there's certain references I don't get. Yeah. Okay. But like the general feel, the general purpose, like that still comes through. And yes. I think it speaks to like relatability. Cause I find like, some thought I've actually been wrestling with a lot these days is like in music, a lot of times when people talk about relatability, when they're like, oh, I really relate to this artist. Oftentimes they mean it in a very like simple way where they're like, oh, this guy talks about being uh, like a college student playing basketball. I did that. Like it's very literal, but I find like relatability can also just be like, I really get where this guy's coming from or like I really can relate to their perspective, even if they lived in a different country different socioeconomic background but like if you can relate with like where they're going their purpose it's kind of the the real kind of sense of relatability like it doesn't need to be like we live the same life right that's great too but it doesn't have to be right i agree and i i like the fact that you you said that you don't you don't have all of those like points of reference from like various anime but that doesn't deter you from getting something out of my music because it's like I have tons, first of all, I have tons of songs where there's no anime reference. It's just, oh yeah, song. yeah, for sure. For sure. But it's just like, yeah. I love to, like, I love to be the first person to promote that. Like, it's like, if you, like, if you watch anime, cool. There's a whole bunch of nuggets that you'll probably enjoy, but like, I'm not an anime rapper. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. I'm just a guy like, like, like Wu-Tang Clan used all of their, their comic books to fill in the spaces of a lot of their more colorful references. I just picked japanese comic books yeah basically yeah just like everybody has their kind of like muse in that way cats calling at the door looking for new opus shit i'm looking for too call you bluff like five lies see through the man like cat scans what it is got your clan seeding with tragedy strikes quick like the scene is hit confirm the shit now these niggas hitting the jig the dip but not two type of things be cutting my wig up no need for weighing up in the end we blaming me a phenomenon felt way before we see it it's how i know it's meaningful the cocoon of bitterness not sure if i should have so another thing i love about spirit roman is the production and so you got production from preservation argov messiah music the ravda fanon and more this is really like a a murderer's row of some of the best beat makers period like everybody like when this track list dropped i was like wow holy shit this is going to be great and it was it was great uh i feel like the beats really fit your fit in with your like musical lane like it gave you a pocket while still i feel like pushing the progression of like your sound generally 
And I just think this is like your most realized album sonically, like, which is saying something given like you've worked with a lot of great producers in the past. Um, I just feel like it, it reached a new level of like sanding your vision and your ear with production. Like it just got, it's got pieced together to like a, an even finer detail. How would you describe the the type of sound you were aiming for on this record? Um, it's funny because I don't think I've ever consciously thought of that anytime I've ever made an album. I've never wow. thought of like what type of sound I wanted to like. I always like it. It starts and it always ends with, "Is this beat fire?" And it's like if the beat is fire, I'm like, "Let me get that," and then I just do the thing and. Yeah, I did make a conscious effort. The only thing I did make a conscious effort to want to do is like I wanted like some more jazz. So that's where uh like Green Snow comes from on body feeling. That's where uh like the the weakest crest comes in. That's where like yeah, like preservation and, and August definitely held me down like with that. Everything mm. else was just I want it to sound good. And I, and I want, and for the producers I was familiar with, like I, I wanted a beat that they would be proud of. Like, I'm always cool with getting the beat from wherever it could be the beat from four years ago. I'll probably think it's fire, but like, no matter where it comes from, like, I don't want it to be a throwaway to you. Like, mm. so once and everybody's beats did that. So I was more than satisfied. And like the rest, of, and that's like the easy part. Like once they give, once they give me that that piece of them of themselves, and they lend me their power for that moment, it's just up to me to not fumble it and ruin the entire occasion with bad words. So, well, I think you picked some fantastic beats. Like they're, and I think you got some of like the best from those people, like the aforementioned producers. Um, and it introduced me to to some that, well, maybe actually, I think there was just one producer I wasn't familiar with, but he or they had probably my favorite beat on the whole album it's the i'm gonna butcher everything i forget the title is it musachi oh 25th night yeah i've never heard of them before but oh my god like uh i was playing this song with a friend and i was like yo this album came out like listen to it and the whole time i was like we were trying to figure out for the entirety of the song like is that a dulcimer sample like what is that like little chord key thing like is it a guitar i'm like it can't be a guitar and like anyways that beat was phenomenal and like i'm gonna be checking for them for yeah sure. they made mob psycho and uh musashi and you yeah. quoted mob psycho twice so i mean i guess they, they you fuck with them mm -hmm. i do i do um and from what i understand this record was uh was executive produced uh by by woods so how important was his hand in steering this album like to completion he definitely helped get me a lot of things like clear like he got a lot of my like requests seen through like a lot of the heavy lifting for facilitating a lot of these beats and opportunities he definitely expedited the wait list and like i guess the consideration not to say that any of these people that gave me a beat are like too hollywood to give a fuck about me but like everyone else had like everyone had a had a plot on the board so he him pulling up and representing me and like speaking on my behalf definitely made a good um a case a, a good case for people to stop what they were doing for a minute and like lend me some of their time uh so it was really that he also was a good 
like secondary uh conscience as far as like giving me another respected counsel to like bounce ideas off of because generally another thing about my music is like aside from like the friend that i mentioned earlier and like like grip like i don't really ask or like look to people too much for like critique i kind of just do my thing hmm. uh, like sometimes like i got homies like i'll i'll like send the track to someone just because i was bumping it for an hour and i think it's really cool and i'll just be like yo man here you go but like i'm not sending that track to get appraised like i i i was just fucking with it like i already like it so it's like it's over at that point but with this process there were multiple junctures and opportunities for me to like completely restructure an idea or something based off of a conversation that i would have with him like after we would touch bases like like upper room and then it was just like you know he was a secondary force on like structure like ordering stuff like i used like this sequencing time. yeah and right. like i used um i used this i told myself when i came into this that i wanted to take i wanted to use this opportunity as a means to give up the reign so to speak and seek refuge in somebody else's process and the somebody else in, in this um occasion in this case would have been backwards i just wanted to see how somebody else does a rollout how does somebody else prioritize these sounds and i didn't completely hand over all of the decision making but i left myself open to like discourse about the thing Interesting. so what that how that what how that um manifests physically uh upper room almost did not exist because i i was 14 13 tracks in no features and i always do that so mm -hmm. i was just like and we were we were agreeing that it was still a solid project at this point so i was just like yeah yeah you know business as usual and then you know he just made the simple suggestion maybe you should have a feature just to like break up the the chain that your voice of, of control that your voice will have on the listener avoid monotony whatever the case may be and i was like sure i was like but for me i was just like all right if i'm gonna have a feature like i want the nicest people so it's gonna have to be you and elucid and he was like sure and i was <laughs> like all right wait and um then he suggested messiah music because i was open because it was it was gonna be on an august phenom beat at first and I forgot who found it. I don't know if it was a Lucid or Billy Woods, but like they had just sent that. Like a Lucid was a Lucid had um, responded to like the thread. He was like, "Yo, man, yo, check this one out." Like I started, like I think, or like a Lucid had started writing to a different beat by accident. Oh, okay. And sent the beat that he was writing to, and then Billy liked it, and then I heard it. I'm like, "All right, this is cool," and I just got to it uh another thing is upper room also wasn't going to be the last track i was going to make iron galaxy the last track and oh really yeah mm. and um yeah billy was was just like yo man i think it'd be really cool if you just had the last track be the, the, the song with the feature running like you got a really strong verse you could close it and like you know me and lucid will come in and i was like okay i see what you're saying facts it and was like, facts man and i like the beat too like it's a very uh 
like it just sounds like you're levitating like you're transporting like to another dimension like it's just a really like ethereal beat and and i like also like it i have a personal quirk with this thing it's a personal kind of little thing with with albums is that i really have a like a dislike when the artist who's like the main bill doesn't finish the album like i'd rather hear you like what you did you were the last verse and i'm really happy that you were i just like it just feels better to me i'm just like it's fine obviously there's amazing albums that don't follow that and and they're great songs great closers but like i just always prefer i'm like give me the let, let him have the last word i just want it just makes makes more sense and yes yeah and those features are great too so yeah all around great ending yeah, nah. shout out to them man i knew they was gonna do the thing there was it was the biggest concern that i had about that was like this was also like the first time that i was on a track with both of them so it was just like I, like as far as like the sword goes i just had to make sure that i could maintain and not pass out in the room and mm -hmm. i did that so i was cool and how, how does it feel being a part of this run now with Backwood Studios that I feel is like quickly becoming one of the most impactful movements in hip hop in recent times. Like, how does it feel being a part of that, part of this contributing such a great work to what has been like three years of dominance? Uh, it's cool. I'm glad that I could do my part to add on to the their legacy. It's a, it's a full circle moment because it's like, I've studied Woods and I study Woods so it's like cool to like have like like aside from like uh like doom r.i.p like i don't i don't really have a lot of like uh sensei mentor proxies like i don't know i don't have a lot of people in my mind that i can envision would be the person i climb up the mountain and go learn the waterfall splitting technique from them like i have a lot of peers but i look a lot of my peers in the face Like i don't really look like i don't feel like i got anything to learn from a lot of my peers, it's not like he's not a peer of mine, but like mm -hmm. I have a, I have, I have a, a different respect reserved for Billy as opposed to, and I don't, I'm not even gonna say nobody name. I ain't trying to get nobody in their feelings, mm -hmm. but like I have a different sort of respect for like him and like a Lucid or like another dude that like means a lot to me is like Aesop Rock or like Vortal, like those yeah. people. Are like people that I would go to, like Aang had to go to a master to learn how to earth bend. Like, like I, I hold them like that in my head. Like, if I wanted to get the finishing touches for like this thing, I would go to them and like eventually, you know, like take their life. But nah, that's this is not a kung fu flick. But uh, yeah, so the shit is um it's it's humbling. I'm glad I got to do what I got to do and I'm add to the thing. It's cool because. I didn't even realize it. Like I, I sit with it. Like I'll re I'm always present when like a backwards release happens, and I'm like, all right. Like I'm never like worried. I'm like, yo, Elisa's gonna drop a project. I told Bessie was hard, and I'm like, Elisa's always gonna drop something hard. Billy was gonna always drop something hard. Like whether it's Curly or Prem or it's Shrapnel, it's gonna be hard. Like I'm never worried about the quality of backwards. Oh like, yeah. Like, so it's just like. I didn't even think they needed me to like, like we would still be having this conversation about backwards, whether spirit Roman came out on backwards or not, they were already solidified for their year. Like, like dropping Ethiopes and then dropping church. Like just looking at it from Billy's contribution alone, it's like an overkill. So I'm just mm -hmm. like, all right. So now all I am is like more overkill. Like, 
for the, for, the, for the Akai album to come out on Backwoods and the timing and all that other stuff people are saying. It's just like, yo, stop it, man. He's dead. You don't got to shoot him no more. Yeah, for real. It really feels like that. It really feels like that. Yeah. No, it feels great, man. Like, I just feel it's like, yeah, it's just putting its overkill to what I've, what a lot of people have already been saying. It's just that, like, this this group right here, Backwoods, like, it's... It's, it's like a Chicago Bulls run. Like, people are going to look at this like that. Oh, my God. Future, they're like, yo, man, this was crazy. And I, the part I love the most is just that like, I feel like you're you're an example of it. It's like I didn't know, of course, that you were uh, uh, going to have this going to have this album up until closer to when obviously it was announced publicly. But like as soon as it, I, I first heard of it, I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. But at the same time, there's so many things in hip hop history throughout like the decades and decades it's existed where you're like, oh, that that collaboration, that connection would make perfect sense, but it just never happens. I feel like that's the thing that I feel has differentiated backwards is that their efforts to kind of branch out, not only just to get like albums released on the label, but like even collaborations that like Elucid and and Woods are having, um, Castro, Pram, et cetera. Like they just, they're they're doing the right kind of relationship building stuff too, to where like, really cool creative relationships are being created that like are make perfect sense but again that stuff always makes perfect sense but it often never happens but things are actually happening that's yeah, crazy backwards makes a conscious effort to like almost taking the fantasy football matchups out of everyone's heads and like making them a reality it's cool yeah but they don't they, it doesn't feel like they put an effort into that too it's just like they they just have a finger on the pulse like yeah tangibly or something exactly Okay, before we before we end this, like, what is some work you want to shout out can be coming soon or already re released? Like, is there anything you want to shout out or is it just spirit roaming all the way? The spirit roaming all the way, but you should also go check out Chainlink by Feek Enduro. Oh, um, that's sick. You should do that. Uh, I got to big up the whole uh, Backwoods family. You should go bump every single Backwoods release that we were talking about in this interview, whether you are a new listener or a, a listener that's already conditioned to what be happening on this podcast, go do your Googles. Um, I have a, another album. I guess I should just big up and plug myself. Um, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's called Verticality Singularity or Hayabusa literally that um i did that because my homie best friend i was having a conversation with him about why i changed the name and then he was like yo don't change the name have both names and i was like all right i'm gonna I'm I'm try that and then report back like another thing that i've been fucking with like i like i don't really um i'm not good at taking advice so i've been trying to challenge that and take advice. So when people make a suggestion or I get a, I get hit with a suggestion from a friend or a person who I, uh, whose thoughts I believe in, whether I'm being uh, sarcastic or comical, I literally take their advice. So he told me to, to, to not compromise my names. And now in this interview, I am, I'm exposing the fact that he told me to do that. And I'm still <laughs> and I just said that that's the title. I could change it. It could be Paper Bag Boy tomorrow because you know it's American. It's your album. But you can do what you want. Yeah. yeah. But um, 
yeah, that shit is um I don't know, man. I don't know how long I could I could stay in my seat, you know, because it's like I already got the things, man. I could I could push the button right now. But I'm not gonna. I'm You're gonna not gonna. And I'm gonna let the album do its thing. And I feel like I would get everybody at backwards like bad type. Like I like I'm like I feel like I'm definitely the most uh I don't want to say fluid, but like random as far as like new addition. Cause like I, I like I see the email threads are all organized and everyone follows their like calendar on when they're supposed to come out. And I'm just like <laughs> I, I could drop at any point. I'm down to drop at any point. You're a loose cannon. You're a loose cannon. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Like they like he also like Billy Woods in his executive producing capacity. He also limited. He made sure to keep me in check on how long this project could be because he was like he wanted to be conscious of like what could fit on the vinyl and mm, like smart. even things like that. Like I don't generally care about that. Like Raft is over an hour long. Like so left to my devices, I'll do shit like that like forever. But mm-hmm. it was cool to like put an intention behind like keeping it concise for lack of a better word. And yeah, it was cool. I definitely like learned what I needed to learn from that process. And I was like, I'm grateful for it. And it's really clip like 2023. Like I'm thinking about it. Like is it's going to be very, very scary for people. Cause it's like, I have a lot of, music and is there anything you can say about like who's involved like producers or features or anything like that or do you have to keep that quiet i don't have to keep it quiet um what you gonna call it the uh i got like i got a black noise beat yes we got that um i have more august fanon i have more 25th night i have more wi-fi god like spirit roaming is also cool because it's a lot of firsts as far as like me being paired with certain producers and certain sounds and it's kind of like a a select your your path if you will and it's like you could take four or few and that could be a whole different vein of my music just because mm-hmm. i don't have a song that sounds like four or few at all yeah it's, I didn't expect Wi-Fi to have that. Like, I mean, I knew he had the heat because I'd be, I'd be tapped into his like his beat snippets. Yeah, he's great. But it's just like that beat was fire, and it's just like to know that I've like made a connection with a person, and like there's more where that came from is like definitely investigated that. So it's like I definitely have that. And as I, I definitely have said before, I'm straying away from like collab albums, but I'm probably gonna do a whole album with him just cause. Oh man, that would be amazing. I mean, he's uh, he's but, got one with Raheem Supreme that dropped yeah, that recently. Crazy. Yeah, fuck with them both. Like, yeah, he's got he's just got a cool sound. Like, I, it's hard to really box it into like one kind of vibe because it has like a like sample basis. It's kind of feels like akin to like old school type boom bap but then it has this really new age kind of modern feel it's it's yeah it's hard it's hard to describe but that's a good thing for sure well uh, yeah uh yeah those are the some of the producers on it yeah. okay well 
I'm super excited for that. Definitely those listening, check out Spirit Roaming, check out Body Feeling, check out everything that Akai's put out. And also check out what what Grips uh Grips got going. Like I definitely need to have a lot of those a lot of those people on the show because I've been I've been loving that for a while. Lungs thick, like there's just so many. Um, but thank you so much for coming on this show and like kind of giving insight to to your work. Like really, really impressed and uh really happy to connect again. Nice talking. Oh, yo, pleasure's all mine. Thanks for thinking that my shit was worth any of that. Um, you, you didn't have to. Um, it was a fire talk. And yeah, first of many. Yeah, first of many for sure. Have a good uh, good Saturday. Hope you uh, bear the cold and we'll talk talk again. You too, bro. Love. Peace. Y'all. Heroism doesn't pay bills, crime is appealing, cause thrills, you're desensitization's real, respond better to the kills, cats running bank heists like Delhi runs on the weekend, uh, weakness always trying to get a peek in, limits lay wasted up potential landscape, I blow my kin to skin and see past fate, the only thing fixed for me is a meal, mom's missing me more, shorty know what and how I'm dealing with, or modern day pirate alchemist making regalia. So there we have it, another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. Big shout out to Dano of Free Music Empire, Levi, Steel to Dove, Kakoa, Mahima, Jeff, Mitch, Dash Lewis, Pancake Cleaner, Trey, Noah, Justin, Brandon, Joe, Gavin, Matt, Teddy Faley, Jackson, Kian, Slumber Logic, Fatman Tomb, and Khalid for your generous support through the Patreon. I really appreciate it. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace.